The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. <laughs> I miss you guys. <laughs> Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. And suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's us, and thank you. Have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, that was uh, unexpected. (laughs) No sign of unusual brain activity. I don't think signs of any brain activity right now. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but you know. And and let's just go ahead before we go any further. I have to eat some crow here. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. Right. (laughs) Those of you who were listening uh, last week, well, let let me just back up a little bit. And I did call this. During during the show, I I did not have time to finish watching uh, the first episode of Loki before we started recording. Uh, I missed it by about eight minutes. And what could the harm come in missing eight minutes of an episode before you start a podcast talking about that episode, right? Um. <laughs> so... Mike is here saying, you know, like, Loki's the killer. Loki's the killer. And I'm just kind of like, we don't know that. And then a- after the episode, I go back and I I hit play on the episode where I had it paused. And I'm just kind of like, if only I had started about eight freaking minutes sooner. <laughs> and Mike, bless his heart, just, just did not, like, pull me to the side at any one point. So, dude, we know. I have a cousin who married a Drusostinian. She is dead to me. <laughs> so, moral of the story here, kids. Watch the full freaking episode 
before you start talking about the full freaking episode? If not, you become... Maybe he is a misunderstood genius. Or maybe he is a perfectly understood idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the best line out of that whole episode. (laughs) Oh, man. So... Oh yes, I hope y'all had as good a laugh over that as I did afterwards. After the crying in the fetal position wore off, I mean, it's an honest mistake, dude. I mean, it's. I mean, to 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 go back to the uh, early two thousands, we had known knowns and known unknowns and unknown knowns and unknown unknowns. So we, we no, had, basically we had garden uh, gnomes as well. We we did. And, 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 you know, we operated, uh, on, on the best intelligence we had available to us at the time. So this is the secret lair of the West coast Avengers. See, does that make you feel better? No, no, not really, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm over it now. And now we could talk about episode number two, which I watched yesterday just so I'd have enough time to watch the whole freaking thing. <laughs> I watched twice yesterday. I, I watched, I got about halfway through the episode, got, had to leave to come home from work, got home, recorded Wookiee radio, mm-hmm. got to the point where I'm just going to reference 2050. Mm-hmm. I saw where there were the three transitions and then fell asleep again. <laughs> So I'm almost through the episode. I probably have eight minutes uh, left. So do we? So do we? we do we get vague right about here. it? Yeah. No, no. I think we need to pause right here and make Mike watch the last eight minutes. Oh no, I, I'm going to trust you guys. You sure? I'm positive because okay. You no, know, Loki's the killer. But now, well, um, I, oh, spoiler alert. So, since we're going to dive right into this, mm-hmm. you know, I never did move that. Where the hell did I put it? And actually, I got a question for you. While you got, while, while Mike is pulling that up, I was just thinking about something. So, I, cause I've been doing a, I've been, cause I didn't watch all of DS9 when it was first out. So, I've done all of T- TOS and TNG. So, I'm oh. now in DS9. Okay. And so I've kind of, kind of fallen in love with the runabout. Yeah. But I had to ask myself, what would be the better ship? The runabout or a Quinjet? Quinjet can't handle too well in space. <sighs> Good point. What about an Omnijet? You know, I think I'd still have a runabout. Okay. That's just I me. Mean, More leg room. Thing, yeah. Higher top speed. True. You got a transporter. You got, ar- you got light armament. Yeah. You got, you, you have a replicator. You won't go hungry. Okay, good, good, good. You, you see where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Even though I didn't have to go anywhere. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the if we were horses. I mean, if the runabout, horses, yeah. I would have it. I mean, because the runabout's way better than any of the, uh, the like the, uh, Hover uh, like the, the shuttlecraft. Yeah, like I used to be all about the sh- shuttlecraft, and I'm like, you know what though, runabout. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just thought. Well, like I s- started to do earlier. Oh, spoiler alert! 
It is time for our Intel debrief on Loki episode two, uh, which I don't remember the name of this episode. The variant. Uh, Yeah, there you go. The variant. Yeah. So, um, where do we want to begin? Recap? Um, We could do a quick recap, but we tend to get bogged down in the recap because we keep forgetting details, you know, after we've moved on from a certain point. True. So, Eric, why don't you hit us off with the recap? Because believe me, I got plenty of stories to backfill the rest (laughs) of this. Okay. So, Eric, you got the recap? Yeah, um, of a sort. Uh, Of course, we all knew what happened at the end of episode one. Well, most of us do now. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anyway, you know, you start off at a Ren Faire in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which that in and of itself is sort of an Easter egg, where a squad of Minutemen, that's straight up, that's what they're called, because of course they are, Time Variance Authority Minutemen, not just the militia for the Commonwealth, for those of you <laughs> they fall out for. So the, uh, the squad is looking for the variant. They have tracked the variant down to that area in that point in time. Um, and they walk into what apparently is a tent for a, for basically a combat show in which the, uh, the PA system starts up, the recording starts. And of course it is holding out for a hero from the movie Footloose, mm-hmm. which is of course starring Kevin Bacon, Star Lord's hero. And which I thought was kind of a, a good, it, it was an interesting, if nothing else, uh, counterpoint because usually that's the music that plays when the hero comes in and starts taking out the bad guys instead of this time the other way around. Mm-hmm. And uh, several of the Minutemen are taken out by what should be prop weapons that are laying around the the tent, mm-hmm. except for the squad leader who gets dragged off uh, through a time portal door. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where Mobius comes in, and apparently Mobius has to basically beg and plead to get Loki to go on this field op with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, that does not it does not go very well because they basically Loki is it, it seems like he's stalling. Yeah, but uh, he does he does have a few pointed one liners at the TVA's expense and mm-hmm. as Guardians' expense. Um, but as it turns out, they have to bug out and reset the timeline before it reaches Redline. Mm-hmm. Well, Loki, of course, is uh, he is assigned to go over records. And as he's doing so, he comes across record for the destruction of Asgard, Ragnarok, as seen in Thor Ragnarok. Well, he notices that there is zero variance energy. So he comes up with the theory that the variant is hiding in apocalypses. Correct. And so to Correct. test this theory, him and Mobius, which incidentally in this episode, we find out what Mobius's initials are. MMM from when he's signing, he, he's signing a form and he signs it MMM. Mm-hmm. Well, that means it, it lines up with what the, he, his name is in the comics, which is Mobius M. Mobius. So you don't know if you're being formal with him or just calling him by his first name. Because, hey, it's a name so good, use it three times. (laughs) So they go test this theory in Pompeii. Turns out, 
I will never be able to eat a Caesar salad again. No, no. Because, because Loki describes his theory to Mobius while Mobius is eating lunch, which is a salad. And he just totally ruins the salad because yeah. it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what I do to the salad. Everything's about to get wiped out anyway. So they they test the theory. The theory holds out because Loki just starts causing a disturbance uh, with with Vesuvius in the background. And Spilling all the enough, tea. Yeah, sure enough, there's no variance energy. So now they have something to work with. And one of the one of the a good one liner back and forth that happened during this episode was uh, Mobius had been calling Loki like an ice runt and a scared kid. Mm-hmm. That's the best way well, to put it. Well, they revisit yeah. that conversation. He said, you called me a scared kid. Oh, I called you a lot of things. <laughs> but then, you know, the light bulb goes off and he realizes that the little kid in the French cathedral was, you know, had a pack of bubblegum. So what he did, he determined that that Kind, that brand of bubble gum was only manufactured during a, a short window mm-hmm. in the mid-2000s, mid-21st century, I should say. So they start cross-referencing all you know catastrophes, apocalypses, what have you, during that time frame, and comes up with one in, what was it, Valley Hills, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which... There's, it's kind of a real location in Alabama, kind of not. Uh, and that's, uh, that's an Easter egg I think Kylan's going to be talking about later. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to take his thunder too much. <laughs> so they send a squad with Loki. And uh, that's where, you know, he's right on the money. The variant is there. Uh, gets the drop on Loki. Gets the drop on the uh, the hunter that's assigned to him what B fifteen I think is the B fifteen I believe yeah, it is the designation would have been mm-hmm. funnier funnier if it was B fifty two but again we have a reference to the evil company Roxon because mm-hmm. you have basically you know the Roxon version of Walmart mm-hmm. and uh, and again another great one liner. Loki and, and B-15 are th- hunting through, for the variant, through the lawn and garden section. They come across this guy. He's not. He, he's supposed to be in the storm shelter. He's not. They say, well, well what are you doing? He said, it's a hurricane sale. Azaleas are 50% off. <laughs> Which sounds stupid, and it kind of really is, but th- those kind of people exist in real life. I'm just saying. But turns out the, variants, the variant is using using people kind of like they call it enchantment, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like putting someone on remote control mm-hmm. and Loki, the God of mischief as guardian heir to the throne gets his butt whooped pretty much by a good old boy who looks like he ought to be shopping for some mud tires. Yeah. I, I, I have to say it out. This kind of goes, this references back to some RPG theory. Mm-hmm. See, Loki is primarily a magic user, right? Right. Okay. Not to paint them all with a broad broad stroke, broad brush or whatever. Magic users aren't known for fighting. I, and I mean, 
okay, like rangers use a little magic, but they're more fighters, right? Monks, same thing. Monks use a little magic. Mostly they're fighters. It's sort of like the more, the the less physical you are, the more magic, more magically inclined you are. And I, I, you know, I didn't like seeing Loki getting his lunch taken from him like that. But at the same time, I, I can't think of any time that Loki was actually able to, you know, decent with the fisticuffs. Well, actually, he kind of was at the end of Ragnarok, yeah. where he's fighting on the Bifrost. <gasps> oh, yeah. Where he's got his daggers. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I, and I believe he almost true. got back. And I believe that day... In the, it was supposed to be a Saturday. Saturday's all right. Saturday for night, maybe. Yeah, because it's all Saturday right for night, Friday. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or in the park, you thought it was the Fourth of July because that was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but as but, it turns out, the, the whole thing is the variant has been using these remote-controlled good old boys as. It basically to stall for time. Yeah. Because as it turns out, all the reset charges that the variant has been stealing from the Minutemen squads that they've been killing are all there at the rocks cart. And they're all wired together to a to a TVA little wrist computer. But finally we see the variant unmasked or in this case unhooded Mm -hmm. and it's a blonde woman wearing horns Mm -hmm. claiming well really she doesn't even claim to be Loki well actually yes she does because at one point B-15 gets remote controlled and Loki says so you're me she goes if anything you're me Mm -hmm. Uh, but at some point somebody else has been remote controlled and they do not like the name Loki. It's like, please don't call me that. And let's sound it's it's a worker and he's got one of these little you know scrolling message board name tags, which I've got one. They're really cool. It says, you know, you call me and he looks down, Randy. So it's kinda like Loki versus Randy. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's kinda like one of the, the most ridiculous things you'll ever hear. Yes. But uh yeah. We've we've got uh, we've got a female Loki mm-hmm. behind all this, and almost immediately after the reveal, all those reset charges disappear through little TVA portals into the time stream. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a carpet bombing of the sacred timeline, and you see in the TVA control room. Branches forming like you wouldn't believe. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically all crap's gone loose. Yep. And Lady Loki, we'll call her Lady Loki, though there's really another name for her as well. She opens up her own little portal and leaves. But, and, we'll, and if you remember, just about every time somebody has gone through a portal, portal has immediately closed after them. Mm-hmm. This one stayed open for just a little while, giving Loki enough time to run through it after her. Yep. Just as Mobius and some more Minutemen run up to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Next episode is going to be pretty interesting. 
Yes, to say the least. So, Kylan, you want to hit us up with some Easter eggs from this episode? Oh, all the Easter eggs. Uh, so I'm assuming this is from Den of Geek. Yeah, this is from Den of Geek. Uh, so let let's start with the Renaissance Fair. So now the Renaissance Fair takes place on April the twelfth, nineteen eighty five, uh, in Oshkosh, uh, Wisconsin. Why is that important? Because of well, Oshkosh Bagosh. I thought about that. <laughs> Uh, but Marvel editor writer Mark Grunewald, the man who is the basis for Agent Mobius, that's where he was born. Uh, now, other than the, the other any other reason why the date may be significant, uh, other than that's the opening date for Return of Return of Living Dead, which I don't know that might be a nod to it, but the Renaissance Fair. Uh, and that may be because, you know, we, we like to mix our genres. Uh, now, the, it, wasn't, the Renaissance wasn't Fair, of, it wasn't Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead was in the 60s. Return of the Living Dead. No, it's Dead. Re- Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, which was like mid 80s. So, yeah. So now, now the Renaissance Fair setting uh, kind of feels like a nod to the early Thor and Loki comics where Stan Lee's uh, foe. Shakespearean dialogue felt this felt like kind of a put on to what you would you know what you would hear at a rent fair. Now, the actress who is sad to see the TVA in their futuristic garb is played by Kate Berlant. Uh, says here, like fellow Loki actor Eugene Cordero, she comes from a comedy background and you may have seen or heard her in Search Party, The Good Place and Bojack Horseman. Now, when I first saw her, she looks a lot like the lady who plays Agatha Harkness. Yes, I agree. Division, and that that was something that kind of crossed my mind too, because they're a lot alike. And I'm just kind of like, don't tell me that they've brought in Agatha Harkness playing at a Ren fair. Yeah, no, but they, they, uh, I, I, because I was like you, I was looking, I'm like. That's not her, but there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, now, just another quick Easter egg, or uh-huh. but not related to the show. Grunewald was a reoccurring character with Tom DeFalco in the single panel comic, The Bullseye, that ran in Marvel Comics in the late 80s to early 90s. Oh, very yeah. cool. So, All right. So now to uh, talk about holding out for a hero. Uh, Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero plays during the pre-credits Renaissance Fair sequence. Now, this song is everywhere at the moment. As a matter of fact, this is like the second time that I've come across the song and looking and watching stuff all within a seven-day period. That being said, uh, the connection to the MCU is at least twofold. This is... Uh, this. There's this incredible Thor Ragnarok fan edit that went viral back in 2018. And then there's the fact that the 80s banger was originally recorded for the for the Footloose soundtrack, a.k.a. Star-Lord's favorite movie. All right. So and and for those of you who have not seen this fan edit that he's talking about, it is basically where Thor really comes into his lightning powers without his hammer. 
Oh, yeah. So basically, where where Hell's Hell has got him, you know, pinned to the balcony railing, mm-hmm. and you know, she says, "Yo, I'm the god of the goddess of death. What are you the god of again?" And he just brings this huge lightning bolt down on her, mm-hmm. and then he shows up fighting her forces on the Bifrost, which in the movie you hear the immigrant song, Led Zeppelin. Right. Mm-hmm. But they they essentially recut that to put in holding out for a hero. I'm going to have to watch that. I could have sworn that I shared that with you guys. But no, for real, y'all go Google that. It's it's on YouTube. It, it's a great watch. Hold awesome. On. So all right, so now we're going to move Hold over on. to the TV. Hold on a quick second there, Kyle. Okay. So sorry to derail, but this was an off air derail. Yeah, we we had to introduce Kylan to this video. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, I'm speechless right now because that was. Did you get a charge out of that one? Do you that lightninged? Man, that ooh. See now, <laughs> that's one of those things. Like like, if you need to get hyped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You so know? basically, folks, go Google it. Go Google yes. Thor Ragnarok holding out for a hero. And we'll be shocked if you don't. <laughs> but after you watch it, you're going to sit back and go, oh, what a feeling watching that video. Resistance is futile. Yes. Yeah. You that, will be um, amped up after watching that. For real. And we can promise I, you I, there's I, nothing revolting in it. Like, gosh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if we wanted to get back to current discussion. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, all, all these jokes have been very polarizing. See, now I want to come up with an ACDC reference <laughs> and I totally can't. I want to. <laughs> I feel like I need to. And I'm like, there's no, I can't really. No, you, you can. You can, you can say. When when you have when you watch that video, mm-hmm. you'll be very thunderstruck. <laughs> oh, see, oh, there's man. your there's um, your ACDC reference. I yeah, there you go. Okay, that that's <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah. Meanwhile, back, we might talk about Easter eggs. <laughs> okay, so now let's go to the TVA because we got quite a few here. I got it for you. Ready? But. Meanwhile, in a small corner of the city, in the home of real bad pain, or or TVA, which, whatever works, which whichever works. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think Loki would agree with you on that. But um, so the TVA's commitment to outmoded technology, which I just absolutely love, that everything looks like the way a future office would look in the seventies. I freaking love it. But yeah, there's such a a strong men in black feel to this place. Men it of, really is. Men in Black and Disney's vision of Tomorrowland. The original version. Yeah. Like the Monsanto yeah. house of the future. Xanadu. <laughs> so it says that the technology is is on full on, uh, the outmoded technology is on full on display on Mobius Dex's desk because next to an old computer terminal, he has an actual hourglass instead of a clock. Now, and I love act- that Miss Minutes has become like a holographic thing. personality. Yeah. 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 There's, but you know, the thing is, 
we holographs were a thing back in the like the seventies. Like we pictured that that that's what we would have in the future in some yeah. way. Right. So so she kind of reminds me a little bit of the holographic doctor there on Star Trek Voyager. Yes. And and Arnold Rimmer on Red Dwarf. Oh, Rimmer. Yeah. But more, yes. much more likable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, a southern lady of sorts. Um, so yeah. so the, ja- the jacket, uh, so Loki's jacket that says variant is like how prim- Prisoner is prominently displayed on the back of orange jumpsuits. And they kind of pretty much treat them as such. Now, in the next, and when we talked about this, how the TVA agents are called Minutemen, um, in the lunchroom, uh, there's a, uh, a dystopian poster that says, the timeline won't wait for seconds, exhorting people not to linger on their lunch break. And so the other thing is we find out that, that Casey doesn't know what fish is, right? So, yes. so we can conclude that Agent Mobius isn't eating a Caesar salad, the dressing of which is made with anchovies. So I don't know what he's eating, but, you know. Now, running off the Josta gag that started in episode one, uh, where the TVA consumes discontinued food items as well, we have a Boku juice box. Boku was on the shelves from 1990 to 2003, it was like a juice box for grown-ups. Uh, and there's a, at one point, there's a very visible 372 in the background of the TVA library. Thor 372 is featured in early Marvel Comics appearance of the TVA, as well as the origin story of Justice Pierce, who we still think Hunter B-15 is based on. Yeah, uh, and this uh, here's something else here uh, regarding Miss Minutes that even the computer terminals of the TVA display readouts in Miss Minutes' accent. On Loki's screen, you can see. Let's see what you know. Which you no, know, she she has that old whole you no. Know, like I said, Southern lady, or almost like yeah, like Southern lady that mm-hmm. is like the the guide in the office. That's her. They even I went keep so expecting far, her to say "bless your heart" at some point. I know, I know, but she called. She did call Loki a jerk. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, it okay. And for those of you who don't already know, uh, Miss Minutes is voiced by Tara Strong, who I mean, on her IMDb page has over six hundred acting credits. Twilight Sparkle. Yes, Batgirl. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the one that bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. I think it was like a, a almost like a rebooted or a sequel series. But Timmy Turner from the Fairly Odd Parents. Yep. She was Timmy Turner? She yep. was Timmy Turner. And she was the original bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Okay. The when they brought back Powerpuff Girls, they did not bring back any of the original voices for the Powerpuff Girls. Hmm. And that raised a stink a lot amongst the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Loki variants. So so the people at Denny Geek actually have been keeping up with the variant numbers. So we have our Loki, who is L6792. You have Athlete Loki, who is L1247. Um, you have... Uh, 
Randy or Loki? <laughs> yeah, putting yeah, it? thank you. I'm like, I'm like, what am I gonna use? So Randy Loki, who is L six seven nine five. Party Loki, who is four eight. I'm sorry, L eight nine one four. Warrior Loki, who is L seven eight zero three. Then you have Lady Loki, Sylvie uh, variant, who is L one one three zero. And one of the things that they bring up is that Loki, the way Loki talks about the difference in magic abilities, how he kind of got kind of <laughs> somebody described this as feels very much like anyone who's played D&D with someone who really knows their stuff and is a bit of a rules lawyer. I agree. Yes. yes. I agree. Yes. Um, and a rules lawyer is basically somebody who argues almost trivial details with mm-hmm. the, the game master. Yes. And I, is basically like, you know, you can't do that or, uh, like or this they, is how it's supposed to work. They will sit there and actually legit count the turns that a spell runs for. Like, you know, if it, it, it you know, if a spell supposed to run for say three turns and, it's the fourth turn and nobody said anything about the spell no longer working. They will say it. Mm-hmm. They will stop all the game to make sure we know that that spell is no longer in effect. Yep. If you're a rules lawyer, though, we, we still love you. But, you know, we're, it's the truth. It's the truth. Just saying. So now something and here's something to think about when you go back and rewatch uh, in Ravona's office, the timekeeper's armor some the 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 people at Denny Geek think that it looks a lot like Doctor Doom's mask, and there's a question that do the timekeepers even really exist? They, in many ways, the way that the the timekeepers are mentioned and mm-hmm. almost revered, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of got an Orwellian Big Brother feel to it to me. It really does. It really does. And I, you know, the thing is, if it's not, if it's not really them, there is a big, there, there is a big bad and it's not, and it's not evil. It's not Loki. There, there's something else. There's something else going on with this. Um, I'm curious to see if maybe Kang is involved somehow. Quite possible. Well, isn't, uh, isn't Kang supposed to have some kind of Ant-Man 3 tie-in yes yep and kang is a future was he any like a future version of uh of doom well he's definitely from the future yes mm-hmm. so um so now uh let's you know let's jump over to let's start talking about the apocalypse apocalypses so apocalypti. Uh, uh, I kind of like that word. If it's a real word, I don't know, but it's a real word here in the a real word here in the above ground underwater suborbital volcano layer. I said it. So um all right, so the significance of Pompeii. This is a little bit of trivia. Um uh, it's also the base, not only is it like a horrific historical event. It's also the basis for one of the greatest concert films of all time, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii. And I have the director's cut. Is it good? Oh, yeah. Because a part of it, 
not only do you have the concert in one of the uh, amphitheaters at Pompeii, mm-hmm. which amazing rig that was set up for this. Mm-hmm. In the director's cut, they also show a lot of studio work for uh, uh, for the album, making the album Dark Side of the Moon. Wow. Okay. So and, and, now- and there's another album they're working on as well. It's like stuff that's bits and pieces for it. At the same time? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, so if you can now, find it, watch it. It is worth the watch. Whether you're a Floyd I, fan or not, it's worth the watch. Well, you know, that's something that bands don't do anymore now. Like back in the day, they used to do all these concert films. And, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, if you if you keep it now in your local theater, you might get you might get to see was was like uh, which one, one of the ones I remember is uh, Rolling Stones spend the night with me. You know, like, let's you know, spend the night together. Yeah, let's spend a night together. Like most like bands now don't do that sort of thing. Maybe they should. Sorry to derail some more, but an, another great Stones concert album is uh, Circus. Was it Circus Circus? I believe it was Circus Circus. Amazing film. See. But I, you, for them to say one of the greatest concert films of all time, I would definitely put it top three. Yeah. So. Right, and so now, now when Loki and Mobius are searching apocalypses, and they're no, they're searching between twenty forty seven and twenty fifty one. Those are all climate related. So you know you had uh, the climate disaster of twenty forty eight, the extinction of the swallow in twenty fifty. There's a tsunami in twenty fifty one. And then there's a hurricane that hit Alabama in 2050. It's considered a Category 8. Now, that's interesting because as of right now in 2021, the highest class classification is a 5. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so now uh, the other thing is looking at the apocalypse in Alabama is considered a Class 10 apocalypse. Now it looks like the po- uh, the apocalypse goes down. So like ten is lowest on the scale. Um, so and then one would be the most severe. So uh, so a class ten apocalypse would equate to I guess what we're talking like. Let's say we're talking about class eight. We're talking about category eight hurricane so that'd be a class 10 apocalypse mm-hmm. so you know so now cl- class one would be i guess life ending at the like like all life ending or I maybe guess. they're more concerned with the because because the the tva is they're they're not concerned just with earth i mean because they're looking at the entire timeline yes. right right so so yeah so now um interesting thing Haven Hills Farms, and this is the pony back on, or piggyback rather, on what Eric said. Technically, it is kind of a real place. There's a place that's called Haven Hills Farms near Mobile, Alabama. Which, and Mobile, go ahead. Well, the thing about Mobile, it is South Alabama. It is almost, you know, right on the Gulf of Mexico. As a matter of fact, you know, there's Mobile Bay which empties out into the Gulf of Mexico. So when you look at the exterior shots, this is very close to the coast. 
it's uh, I I would have said is probably be somewhere close to like Orange Beach or Gulf Shores. Um, so yeah, I mean Mobile is not too far away from that, mm-hmm. and the fact that there is a Haven Hills Farms now, uh, they make mention that Haven Hills is a company town. Ah, uh, well, so. It it could it could be very possible that by 2050, I mean, which is like you know 29 years away, you know, a company could establish a company town on the site of the farm and call it that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Roxon would do that. Roxon would definitely do that because they're evil, evil. Now let's talk about Lady Loki or Sylvie. Now I'm just going to read this directly from uh, the article here. So a Lady Loki isn't a new or all that imp- or all that surprising, as there is precedent for Loki taking on a woman's form for at least the last 15 years of comics. But also, it might not be Lady Loki after all. Sylvie Lushton was a regular human being. Uh, living in Broxton, Oklahoma, until one day shortly after Asgard reappeared over her hometown following Ragnarok. Long story short, Loki gave her powers just to mess with her. So it's complicated, so we have much more on who our mysterious variant is. So Okay, okay. also, mm-hmm. uh, Broxton, Oklahoma, we saw that location last episode. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. That was where the squad of Minutemen got ambushed out in basically what looked to be like a wheat field. Yeah. Where the you know, where they say, you know, there's there's oil all over the ground here, and then the variant drops the lantern and sets all the oil on fire. Yes. So something to think about. Um then there's this one last bit that is about uh, the branching timeline. Uh, so do we want to jump into this? Go, Go ahead, list off these places. All right, so now these are the places that are mentioned in the timeline as the timeline starts to branch off. You have Vormir, and that's the location of the Soul Stone. And if you have to know what all that all that's about, you need to go back and watch everything, starting with, in chronological order, Captain America, the First Avenger. And I want to report. Or if nothing else, at least watch Infinity War. At least. Then you got Asgard. We really don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Then you got Jontenheim. Which is the realm of the Frost Giants. Johnsonheim would be the place where you get beer brats. Yes. Yes. Probably good ones, too. Maybe some stadium brats as well. You have Hala, which is the the Cree homeworld. Let me hear you. Hala. (laughs) Then you got Xandar, which is the homeworld and headquarters of the Nova Corps. You have Ego, which is uh, the uh, the which is basically Kurt Russell. Yeah, Celestial Kurt Russell. And then you have Titan, the home world of the dreaded Thanos. So think about all of that, because every one of these places has some level of uh, 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 a major level of significance in the MCU. Yes, every one of these. So. So yeah, so uh, there, I yeah. mean, there there are a couple other things here. Um, 
Oh, so we, you know what? We could have seen um, butt kicking Thor, but you see where Mobius hands Loki his twin daggers, but then they get taken away. I mean, he literally gets his hands on them for like half a second. Yes. And then B-15 is like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. No knives for you. And uh, then we have. Uh, uh, here, here's I, just a quick question. Sure, sure, sure. Lady Loki slash Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Introducing her now. <clears throat> is this a way of possibly now bringing her into uh, Thor, God of Love and Thunder? It's completely possible. Well, I mean, we we know we know that this any anything that happens in any of the the Disney Plus shows has a direct effect on the movies. We know that. Correct. Um, it's very possible. I don't know if they. I, now, did you mention, yeah. Kylan, why we are calling her Sylvie? Well, I did mention that Sylvie was her name. Right. Um, yeah. That, that was her name in the comic. But, right. Yeah. But the reason that we're calling her Sylvie is because she is credited as such in one of the foreign language credit sequences. Oh, really? She is not. Her character is, is Sylvie. It's not Lady Loki. It's not the variant. It is Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Now, the just strictly for that language because you know the Harrier jump jet uh, was called the Harrier in all countries except for Spain in which it was called the Matador because Harrier was kind of a hard pronunciation mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if if this could be something like that here where they just don't want to call her variant or Lady Loki so they call her Sylvie right um, now she could you know be playing the the Sylvie that uh, that basically gets powers from Lady Loki just to screw with her uh, to mess with her mm-hmm. and there are also a there's also uh, we could be seeing the Enchantress yeah but see that's the thing I was thinking about like I almost would be okay with Loki actually dying if we were to get the Enchantress because all right. The Enchantress in the comics is typically portrayed as a blonde woman, as guardian blonde woman. And the little remote control trick that we saw the variant do throughout the episode, they call it enchanting. Mm-hmm. I, we've seen too many plays on words for me not to think about that. Right. And we could just be on a wild Mephisto hunt here. But I, I, I just... I, I would say this, it could be a variant of Loki. They could be wrong in saying this is a variant of Loki, and it's actually Enchantress. I mean, Enchantress, I I don't know. See, and I'm like you, like, I don't want to jump down, I don't want to jump down the rabbit hole, but I I had an Enchantress vibe off of her at the end of episode two. Like, I'm looking at her, and I'm just like, you know what? Which, actually, I want to bring up something here. Uh, a friend of mine and a friend of the show, Rhonda, how you doing? Uh, so Rhonda's daughter brought up something. And I, I want to read this. This is something that her daughter, Becca, brought up. She said she thought that we're not actually seeing Loki because she said 
Loki wouldn't look the way he's looking. And then when her kid, when uh, her, when my friend and her husband asked her why, she pointed out that there's no magic in the TVA, and Loki uses magic to not look like a frost giant. And since there is no magic in the TVA, when Loki actually look the way that he would actually look, that's a very very good question. That is now my my I told her I I, I congratulated her. I told her I liked the thought process. I my thinking is maybe what we're looking at who we're dealing with isn't really Loki, but is a variant. So the variant is going to look like the variant. I could be wrong. Yeah. But this brought she brought up a really good point about that because I'm like, you know what? She's right. There is no magic in the TVA. But, all right, my only question, this is where I kind of dive into the rules lawyering realm myself. It depends on the type of magic spell that he uses to look human. Right. Okay. If it is a spell to actually change him, and you know, it's like once he's changed, it's it's done, that can work. But, I mean, if it's a, the magic must stay in you stay in effect. Right. Because he is he has changed turned himself into other people. Right. And like in, in Thor Ragnarok, he into a snake. Mm-hmm. If the magic spell is in the alteration and it's not like keeping up a, a, a constant active disguise. Now if it's the latter, if it's the latter, then then the daughter's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a spell is, you know, he's changed and done, and then he uses another spell to change him into frost giant mode. Right. Uh, see, see, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But that is still, regardless of how you want to, to write that, that is still a very astute observation and a very, very good question. That that is that I we and see that was something that blew my mind because all of a sudden I'm like okay so if what we're dealing with or who we're dealing with isn't really Loki if that's not really Loki and this other variant of female Loki um, Sylvie is not really female Loki Sylvie that just gives more credence to it being possibly probably. Enchantress, because this is the kind of stuff that she would do. Mm-hmm. And another and another possibility: we have not mm-hmm. seen an enchantress yet, right? What if the MCU's enchantress is an alternate timeline of Loki? I'm good. Uh, yeah, you know what? And that could be it too, because we still there's a lot that we don't know. I mean, because she did not. She said she did not want to be called Loki. True. Right? So if she says, you know, I don't want to be Loki in this timeline, call me Enchantress. I think that would that would basically be bringing in a new Loki or at least Loki threat level Mm -hmm. to the MCU, even though Loki himself may not be that much of a threat now. Right. Right. Because let's let's be honest here. The God of Mischief is getting outsmarted pretty much at every turn. And see, yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, Loki seems like he's playing checkers while whoever else is out there is playing chess. Yep, exactly. Actually, whoever's out there 
No, I, I stand corrected. Loki may be playing chess, but whoever's out there is playing 3D chess. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it's like okay, you're good at playing trivia, but you're up against Ken Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I just... I, and I'm like you, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, every, okay, everybody has an off day, you know, right. even, even, even Steve Rogers, Rogers lost a fight or two. Okay. Yeah. But at this level, at this level, this could, and, and to be con- consistently off your game. Uh, yeah, no, there, there's, there's something going on here. And I, I, I'm, I agree with you. It bothers me to see Loki. Right. Be outsmarted. Well, here here's some theories though on what's the deal with the timekeepers. So theory one: Do the timekeepers exist? Well, yeah. Uh, the first and foremost guess is the timekeepers do, in fact, exist. And most of what Miss Minutes showed us in Loki's TVA orientation video is true. This isn't a especially fun theory, but we can't totally discount it out after the big secret bad behind WandaVision turned out to be nobody and the big twist in the Falcon and Winter Soldier was that we were supposed to kind of like US agent. Uh, Again, this is coming from Den of Geek. Mm -hmm. Uh, Theory two, the timekeepers are dead. Long live the multiverse. Uh, This theory centers around Sasha Lane's Agent C-20 last seen broken and captured by Lady Loki in the future. Amazon rocks on warehouse uh, she was found muttering it's real it's real it's real by her tva colleagues so what exactly is real uh, according to this theoretical framework the multiverse is real already exists despite all of the tva's efforts to the contrary or maybe the mcrib is going to come back but in its original form in the early in the late 80s when it was actually good you're asking for miracles that may not happen <laughs> I'm saying, man. Well, <laughs> now are we, we are we seeing basically are we seeing the birth of the multiverse here? Possibly. And is this immediately going to set up Doctor Strange multiverse of badness? It comes out this year, right? Uh, no, not this year. Next year. Next year. But they do use the word madness yeah. in the briefing video. Yeah, they do. Um, well, I mean. See, my thing is, I, I can't help but believe that there's a multiverse already out there. And the thing is, okay, and this is setting aside as much as I hate to say it, I'm trying to embrace that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon. So we're going to sit that aside. I, I just, I, But I'm starting to wonder if the multiverse is real. Like, you know, if, if it's already a thing... Uh, the TVA just doesn't know it. Well, this theory postulates that the timekeepers are dead or otherwise incapacitated, that the multiverse exists and the TVA's job is to protect the sacred timeline by keeping people from bopping around the various alternate Earths. Mm-hmm. Uh, theory three, Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. So uh, theory four, Dr. Doom. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, there are so, there are so many possibilities here. I guess we're I mean we're not going to know for sure until we know for sure, right? So, are we going to are, are we going to really try and uh, resist the urge of jumping into um, Mephisto mode? Yeah, 
Uh, I would say for our sake, yeah, we don't go there. Because we're out of time? That and we just don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the trouble it caused us. I know, man. I admit, man, my, my heart, I, it broke my heart, man. I was just like, I was just so sure. Like, hey, you know who I blame for it? I blame season two of The Mandalorian for it. I blame season two of The Mandalorian because we're like, oh, okay, so if they're going to do this with Star Wars, what the heck are they going to do with Marvel? Could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be the over thing over there? No. You know what? And I got burned. And I, I was good. I was good with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Didn't do too many deep dives. I didn't make a fool of myself. I'm trying to not with Loki, I, 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 but I, I'm, I'm going to resist the urge. It's okay. so it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Oh gosh! But yes, we're we're not doing it. Not on no, the, not with Mm-mm. this show. Mm-mm. Now, if if you guys out there, you guys are listening to this, and you think that there's some point that we're missing that gives any of these theories that we're talking about credence, let us know. But we're we're not we're not making that jump because I'm pretty sure you all laughed at us by the time we got to the end of uh, by by the time we got to the end of Wandavision. I'm pretty sure you guys were laughing at us. Well, no, they're, they're, fool us once, shame on us. Fool us twice, something like whatever, that. something like that. Well, speaking of Wandavision, mm-hmm. uh, it, Elizabeth Olsen explained her favorite Easter egg from Wandavision. Okay. Uh, she said it's a small detail from the first episode with the Mason du Mepri bottle that the Scarlet Witch serves at dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, Mason du Mepri translates to House of Memory, House of Misery, or House of M. House of M. There you go. <laughs> ah, I see what they did there. So, but it could also translate into something like House of Madness. Mm-hmm. There you go. Either way, I I don't feel I'm far off with the whole House of M references being done. Whether we actually well, go whether we actually go House of M story arc or they twist it up a little bit as a way of bringing mutants in to the well, MCU. I, I agree with you. I mean, we know we know that's gonna happen. And House of M would be a heck of a way to do it. Um and they could, and they could still do it as a house of madness. They really could, uh, especially if you tie, hey. especially if you tie in the cast of uh, New Mutants. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So here's the thing: if you use Loki to basically kickstart the mega multiverse, mm-hmm. and you use Doctor Strange to basically explore the multiverse. Mm-hmm. This right here is how you introduce all of the the non MCU Marvel properties. Yep. Yeah. This is how you get Agents of Shield back in the canon. This is how you get uh, X Men, New Mutants, Legion into mm-hmm. here. This is how you get Fantastic Four into here. Yes. So it's almost like the the multiverse. Get started in Loki, but by the end of Doctor Strange, it's going to be wound back together. Mm-hmm. But it's going to incorporate all these other timelines. 
I mean, seriously, if I was going to try to, you don't want to retcon the whole thing. No. You don't want to say, oh, well, the mutants were always over here off camera. No. I mean, this is how I would do it if I was Feige. Yeah. You basically throw everything out to chaos. You've got all these different timelines swirling around the multiverse, and then you weave it all back together, incorporating all those adjacent timelines, those variant realities. Right. Right. And so bada bing, bada boom, everybody's back in the timeline. You know what? You know what? It would be perfect because if by time we get around to Spider-Man, Spider-Man is going to be what, December? So we get around to spider Yeah, December, right? I believe so. So we get around to Spider-Man. We have a multiverse, you know, and supposedly the the rumors are that we're we're getting Garfield and McGuire back. Personally, you know who I would love? Nicholas Hammond. We need Nicholas Hammond. Oh, good grief. That's that's a deep dive. But I am so there with you. Dude, I'm I'm just saying. Only if, if you only brought, if we get the heavy wah wah pedal bass when he first appears on screen. Oh yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, like like yeah, he could be like he could be old retired Spider Man at that point, you know. But I'm I'm just saying that would just we, we if we got that 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 would be the perfect vehicle because we don't have, we wouldn't have anything else uh, to, to kind of open the door a little more to, uh, to the multiverse. Cause we hit November, we have uh, the Eternals and September we have Shang-Chi yep. and then uh, no July, we got black widow. The only one of these three that could touch on the multiverse. Actually there's two possibly, Shang Chi, depending on how deep they go with the with what the Ten Rings are capable of, although they they from what I'm reading they treat they're treated Ten Rings more as a criminal organization as opposed to the Ten Rings that the Mandarin has in the comics. Right. So okay, so let's scratch those two. You have a possibility with with uh, the Eternals, but other than that, it has to be Spider Man. Yeah. And that, you know, that, and that's me asking for too much because you know I still haven't, uh, we we still haven't gotten, and we're not going to get at this point. Oh no, I could be wrong, but we we still haven't gotten um, most wanted. We haven't gotten our Highland Commandos. I'm still salty about that. I'm at the point now where I'm almost Firefly salty about it. I'm just saying. Ooh, yeah. You just drug yeah. that out. Yeah. Well. Yeah, hate, you, you know, you know what Firefly Salty is. Uh huh. I hate to say it though. Uh huh. Almost out of time. Final uh-huh. thoughts. Uh, episode two. Wow. Episode one. Wow. I'm looking forward to episode three. I'm loving that Wednesday is a new Friday, so I can go get my comics. I come back and I get my Loki fix. So and, and I'm loving could, this. And we could talk about it right away on the show and not have to wait. a week. Yes. 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 So Marvel, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Er, Eric, final thoughts. I, I guess. Um, I am all thought it out. And on that note, because I am literally mind scrambled uh, Thursday, if you would, please. Shall I store this on the liar central database? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> 
guys a feeder. The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. <laughs>